0: are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by Venerable Maria of Agrida called The Mystical City of God. Today is day 23, and if you want to discuss the readings each day, you can join the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group on Facebook, and there share your thoughts and reflections. Today's reading for day 23 begins at chapter 13, and we'll begin reading at paragraph 178, reading through paragraph 183. Chapter 13. How the conception of the Most Holy Mary was announced by the Archangel Gabriel, and how God prepared Holy Anne for it by a special favor. The petitions of the Holy Joachim and Anne reached the throne of the Holy Trinity, where they were accepted, and the will of God was made known to the Holy Angels. The three divine persons, according to our way of expressing such things, spoke to them as follows. We have, in our condescension, resolved that the person of the word shall assume human flesh, and that through him all the race of mortals shall find a remedy. We have already manifested and promised this to our servants, the prophets, in order that they might announce it to the world. The sins of the living and their malice are so great that we are much constrained by the rigor of justice." But our goodness and mercy is greater than all their evil doing, nor can it extinguish our love toward men. We will look with mercy upon the works of our hands, which we have created according to our image and likeness, so as to enable them to become inheritors and participators of our eternal glory. One Peter three twenty two. We will consider the services and the pleasure derived from our servants and friends, and regard the multitude of those who shall distinguish themselves in our praise and friendship. And above all, have we before our eyes her, who is to be the chosen one, who is to be acceptable above all creatures, and singled out for our delight and pleasure, because she is to conceive the person of the word in her womb and clothe him with human flesh. Since there must be a beginning of this work, by which we shall manifest to the world the treasures of the divinity, this shall be the acceptable and opportune time for its execution." Joachim and Anne have found grace in our eyes. We look upon them with pleasure and shall enrich them with choicest gifts and graces. They have been faithful and constant in their trials and in simplicity and uprightness. Their souls have become acceptable and pleasing before us. Let Gabriel, as our ambassador, bring tidings of joy for them, and for the whole human race let him announce to them that in our condescension we have looked upon them and chosen them. Thus, the celestial spirits were instructed in regard to the will and the decree of the Almighty. The holy archangel Gabriel humbled himself before the throne of the most blessed Trinity, adoring and revering the divine majesty in the manner which befits these most pure and spiritual substances. From the throne an intellectual voice proceeded, saying, "'Gabriel, enlighten, vivify, and console Joachim and Ann, our servants,' and tell them that their prayers have come to our presence, and their petitions are heard in clemency. Promise them by, that by the favor of our right hand they will receive the fruit of benediction, and that Anne shall conceive a daughter, to whom we give the name of Mary. Together with this mandate of the Mosai, many mysteries and sacraments pertaining to this message were revealed to St. Gabriel. With it he descended from the vault of the Empyrean heaven, and appeared to holy Joachim while he was in prayer, saying to him, Just and upright man, the Almighty from his sovereign throne has taken notice of thy desires, and has heard thy sighs and prayers, and has made thee fortunate on earth. Thy spouse Anne shall conceive and bear a daughter, who shall be blessed among women. Luke one 42-48 The nation shall know her as the Blessed. He is the Eternal God, In create, and the creator of all, most upright in his judgments, powerful and strong, sends me to thee, because thy works and alms have been acceptable. Love has softened the heart of the Almighty, and has hastened his mercies, and in his liberality he wishes to enrich thy house and thy family with a daughter, whom Anne shall conceive. The Lord himself has chosen for her the name of Mary." From her childhood, let her be consecrated to the temple, and in it to God, as thou hast promised. She shall be elect, exalted, powerful, and full of the Holy Ghost. On account of the sterility of Anne, her conception shall be miraculous. She shall be a daughter, and wonderful in all her doings, and in all her life. Praise the Lord, Joachim, for this benefit, and magnify him, for in no other nation has he wrought the like." Thou shalt go to give thanks to the temple of Jerusalem, and in testimony of the truth of this joyful message, thou shalt meet in the golden gate thy sister Anne, who is coming to the temple for the same purpose. Remember that marvelous is this message, for the conception of this child shall rejoice heaven and earth. All this happened to St. Joachim during his prolonged prayer, and in a miraculous sleep into which he fell for the purpose of receiving this message. He experienced something similar to that, which happened to St. Joseph, the spouse of the Most Holy Mary, when it was made known to him that her pregnancy was the work of the Holy Ghost, Matthew 1.20. The most fortunate St. Joachim awoke in great joy of soul and with solicitous and ingenuous prudence to be concealed within his heart the sacrament of the King. With a lively faith and hope, he poured forth his soul in the presence of the Most High, and full of tenderness and gratitude— He thanked and praised him for his inscrutable judgments. In order to do this more appropriately, he hastened to the temple as he had been ordered. In the meanwhile, the thrice-blessed Anne was exalted in prayer and divine contemplation, and totally wrapped in the mystery of the Incarnation, which after having been previously filled with a most high understanding and a specially infused light, she solicited from the eternal word. With the profoundest humility and lively faith, she was praying for the hastening of the coming of the Redeemer of the human race in the following words. Most High King and Lord of all creation, I, a most vile and despicable creature, and yet the work of thy hands desire at the price of the life which thou hast given me, to urge thee to hasten in thy mercy the time of our salvation. O may thy infinite kindness incline toward our need, O that our ears might look upon the Restorer and the Redeemer of men, Remember, O Lord, the mercies of old shown to thy people, wherein thou hast promised the only begotten, and may this promise of infinite kindness unbend thee. May it come now that day so much longed for. Is it possible that the Most High should descend from his holy heaven? Is it possible that he is to have a terrestrial mother? What woman shall she be that is so fortunate and blessed? O who shall be so favored as to look upon her? Who shall be worthy to be the servant of her servants? Blessed the race that shall be able to see her and prostrate themselves at her feet to reverence her. How sweet shall be the sight of her and her company. Blessed the eyes that shall see her and the ears that shall listen to her words and the family from whom the most High shall select his mother. Execute, O Lord, this decree. Fulfill thy divine benevolence." In this prayer and colloquy, St. Anne occupied herself after having received enlightenment regarding this ineffable mystery. She weighed all the conferences which she had had with her guardian angel, who on many occasions, and now more openly than ever before, had manifested himself to her. The Almighty ordained that the message of the conception of His Holy Mother should in some way be similar to that one by which the Incarnation was announced. For St. Anne was meditating in humble fervor upon her, was to bear the mother of the Incarnate Word. And the Most Holy Virgin was making the same reflections upon her, who was to be the mother of God, as I will relate in its place. Part 2, 117. It was also the same angel that brought both messages, and in human form, though he showed himself in a more beautiful and mysterious shape, to the Virgin Mary. This concludes our reading today for Day 23 from the Mystical City of God. We read today chapter 13, paragraphs 178 to 183. Maria of Agreda today acknowledges that what is happening to Joachim and Anne is very similar to how the incarnation was announced. What I was particularly struck by, though, in this reading today was this idea of Advent. Now, we're long past Advent now here at the beginning of the new year. We've already celebrated Christmas. We're in ordinary time right now. But... There's this great advent that took place from the beginning of creation. So remember where we were in the very first few days of this book. And now here we are. We've arrived at Jochem and Anne, and they're going to give birth to Mary. But Anne was persevering in prayer. She was praying for the coming of the Messiah. And so God, who heard their prayer for a child, is now fulfilling this promise of the Messiah— because Mary is going to be an integral part of that story. It's quite moving for us to think about this. So this is kind of like the advent of the advent of the advent. So you had the advent of the Old Testament. Now you have the advent of Joachim and Anne and Mary. And then you have Mary's advent. So there's almost like this three-part advent in the movement of Maria of And we're going to come as we progress through the mystical city of God, through the various volumes, we're going to arrive at the conception of Jesus. We're going to arrive at Mary's giving birth to Jesus and how that advent of long ago is now fulfilled as Jesus has come and his reign is being established through his birth. And so this is something that we can anticipate as we continue to make our way through the mystical city of God there is this sense of waiting. Joachim and Anne waited their entire life for a child and God looked with favor upon them because God had a plan and they're going to name that child Mary. And I'm sure as we progress through the mystical city of God, again, we're going to probably hear an explanation of the name of Mary. So I don't think that I'll go into that right now in anticipation. You know, I'm very much... Going through this kind of as a novice myself, I've only read volume one, only halfway through it. I've never read it in its entirety. I've spot read the other volumes, like I've read about the Annunciation and the Visitation and the Dormition of Mary and such, because I was researching and wanted to read what Maria of Agreda said. But I'm very green, like all of us, as we go through these pages. I'm encountering it really. Again, for the first time, I'm reading it and taking it in with you and commenting as we go along. And so I could only anticipate that Maria Vagrida is going to give a reflection on the name of Mary. And the only reason I bring that up is that as I was reading this day from these paragraphs, every time that the angel Gabriel said, you shall name her Mary. It was all capital letters. So I'm sure there's going to be this uh, description of what the name of Mary means. I'm Father Edward Looney, and I am reading the mystical city of God throughout the year. I'm grateful that you're joining me in this great task. I'm honored that you are listening, and I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you today, and Mary pray for you.